Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is Sten. I would like to announce that my team in Nashville is looking to add an experienced advisor. This advisor would have approximately four years or more of experience, but more importantly, this advisor is looking for a new challenge. This advisor wants to take the elite path and reject the average path in our industry. In this role, you will work right alongside me growing your business. Together, we will help level up legacy as an organization. If you think you're up for this challenge, you can go to stenmorgan.com backslash apply to answer the questionnaire. Or if you're listening to this and you're thinking of another advisor that could be a good fit, please make that connection. If that advisor becomes an advisor on our team, I will send you a $5,000 referral fee. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Andy, I think about a, an advisor once told me he was older in the business and he said, if I didn't have to worry about clients or team members, I'd love my job. And, and is that, remember, is that, I, Where does that leave? Golf? Yeah. Is that, I mean, it's just like... He likes his commute or something? Which I think is most business owners, I think, would laugh at that if you've run a business for any length of time because those yeah. are the fires. Those are the yeah. the hard things. Uh, and it's true. I mean, finance is and dealing with people's money is an emotional business. And I've had to spend a lot of time kind of working on my emotional intelligence and, and, and mental health, be able to sit in situations with clients, not always jump to solve the problem right away, which is usually what we do, but kind of say, well, like, why do you want to fix that? What's the problem there? And then even with team members, like those are people with lives and they're going to have hard days. They're going yeah. to come in and ask for more money. And you're going to say, well, why do you want more money? And all these things are going to be happening constantly that, you know, as a business owner, when you wake up, expect the unexpected. Don't be surprised. Learn to kind of live in all that. And part of that is, as I reflect, and we've talked about this with the advisors we coach, is the pitfalls of hiring, because that that will end up being, as you grow a business, one of the, the things that will feel the most difficult at first, that we, you will get better at it over time, yeah, yeah. but it'll always be something that creates some tension you have to learn to deal with if you want to reach your full potential. Yeah. It, and, and the Elite Advisor Network exists to help you, the advisor, recognize and reach your potential faster. That is our guiding principle. And to do that, as we talked about our last episode, you you need to hire. Mm -hmm. To do that, there's so many variables in your own life, but then you had someone else's life and you had someone else's life. It it can be very, um, it can can be difficult, but with the right uh, filter, you can bring in the right people. With the right process, systems, uh, attitude, you, you can have successful teams and so as we talk about today, I, I want to touch on probably four or five of these are things that if you're not prepared for, could really blindside you. Yeah. Uh, one of the, these are things we haven't just seen once. Oh, no. These are recurring things. These are things, the pitfalls that I've run into right. within my personal practice. But the ones we're going to share with you today are ones that you've probably run into to some degree, or if not, there's a high probability someday you might. Yeah. And listen, I, I hope they... You know, we had a natural disaster here in Tennessee recently. Had a tornado come through, and it's like nobody, everybody kind of thinks, oh, everybody knows those are real, but no one ever wakes up and says, "I bet I'm going to hit by a tornado today." You know what I mean? Like you're, but listen, we know that these are out there. We hope they don't happen to you, but if you're going to hire, these could happen to you. So be ready, right? Be be prepared. So first is believing that someone would bring all of their business over Mm -hmm. or their connections. Um, That is just not the case. And I think you've got an experience of you, you can't always live off the best case scenario in these conversations, which that's very much a theme as we coach advisors. Mm-hmm. Like, but if this, but if this, and I'm like, yeah, but but what if that doesn't happen, right? Yeah, I've gotten much better kind of operating agreements or even agreements up front that make 
that holds space for a, a negative outcome and a hopeful outcome. What does that look like? Real practical. Well, a lot of times when people are like, oh, let's get into business together, they'll write an operating agreement or establish some kind of revenue share or partnership agreement based off of like their hopes at the time. And usually that's where we're all going to be rich. This is all going to be great. But then when things start not going as planned, you realize that you didn't account for how those things are handled. And so when I go into business, it's usually like, hey, I hope this thing happens. If it happens, here's how we both win. But let's also talk about like, what if you just stop showing up for work? I, this sounds silly, I'm sure. But like, what if yeah. what you think happens will not happen? And so I had one scenario where I was in a stage of my career where I, I was bringing advisors on to just be part of legacy because I had a great team. I had a capacity for other advisors. Right. And I had an advisor that said he was going to bring over a certain amount of it. AUM. I was like, sounds great. He's been in the business for 20 years. You know, I assumed really great client loyalty. And so I built his comp plan and really his partnership with Legacy based off of that number. And I think 40% less came over. Wow. So on day one, I'm almost operating at a loss, which then I had to pivot to say, okay, how do I get this advisor to produce more? And then I realized he doesn't want to produce more. Like he just wants to, he just wants to come to the office and hang out. And so it left me in this weird place that I had to kind of sit in to where it was kind of my fault. Like I didn't set the good enough expectations. I didn't ask good enough questions to where ultimately I had to tell him, hey, man, like this isn't the place for you. But it took a year and a half for me to kind of work through that and, and make the hard choice. And so you may also face that with like a biz dev person to where somebody says, hey, I have all these connections. You're like, great, here's a salary to come over. And now this person is getting a salary that's not fully or, or mostly based on performance of delivering the results they promised. So many times I've seen that person have a job for a year and then they leave. Yeah. And the advisor's back to square one because they thought of it as like an easy path. I thought about growing my firm by by uh, recruiting advisors for their AUM. It's not easy. It's still hard. Or, hey, here's a best dev person. It's going to change my life and make prospecting, you know, clients rain from the sky. Probably not going to be that easy. Both are going to require work, good expectations. But if any hire move you ever make feels like it's going to be magic overnight, or it's going to solve all your problems. Right. That's just not the case. And even if it does go great, that's fine. But prepare in writing mm-hmm. should things not go that way. That's right. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but it's, it's sort of like the prenup, right? It's sort of like, hey, best case scenario, but let's be aware if things don't go this way. And that's why, you know, having a, in some positions you can do this. Having to, hey, here's nine, here's what our first 90 days looks like, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have another conversation. Yep. And you can't do that with all positions. Some people aren't going to say yes to that. But I, I think that there is a tendency, and, and you have to really work to figure this out, but you have to weed out the people who go, okay, now I'm in, I'm going to relax. Mm, yeah. or, you know, And I think you have to ask yourself, is the person you're looking to hire, have they done a lot of hard work to get where they are? And you think, oh, look what they've built. But are they still in building mode? Because if they come over and they're not in building mode, they're just in maintain mode. And yeah. you're in building mode. They're like, what the heck? You built? And you're like, yeah, but it's almost like they've landed with you versus like it's a start of a journey. Yeah, and I think a good culture will weed those people out. And, and as my culture started shifting, the one advisor I mentioned quickly was exposed. Yeah. Because we track new clients added, AUM yeah. added, yeah. and this person was just throwing goose eggs up. Yeah. And at some point, you can't ignore the numbers. Sure. And that's why that scorecard is helpful, that as you bring people on, data does not lie. And, you know, you you have hard conversations, but if the data doesn't lie as a business owner, you know, the book Necessary Endings is great. You need to do it when you start feeling it, not way late when you kind of get the courage to do it. And it's easier to have them earlier. It's easier when the stakes aren't high. It's easier when things aren't like, hey, 
12 weeks in a row of zeros, Yes, right? Like have it after two. Hey, what's going on? I just want to check in and let's get ahead of this and, right? And and so you yeah you want to you want to vet that out, but also if you see it happening, just have the conversation, yep. right? Ha, be the mature one, have the conversation. Yep. I think main takeaway there is for hiring: do not hire thinking it's going to solve a huge problem on its own. It'll require your your mentorship, your guidance, KPIs. Like you need a good culture and system in place for anybody to thrive. But but really discern on if somebody is is being brought on because of the the immediate rain they're going to make for you. Be discerning on is that truly. Am I living in reality or do I maybe have some blinders on? So there's two things that as an advisor you you are responsible for. And one is a good job description. And the other, I think, is good tracking. So once they're there, good. what are you doing to to track that? Yeah, and all the advisors in our coaching community, our, our kind of higher level coaching community, are, are required to fill out a scorecard that we review quarterly with them. Because if you do not have the numbers, like the numbers will tell you a lot. Right. And a lot of times when we start going through that exercise with advisors, things bubble to the surface. Because we're sitting there looking at it together. Yeah. We're not getting caught up in the context or the excuses or the stories behind why it is what it is. It's like, this is it. Yeah. We got to change it. So we had a, uh, I didn't tell you this, but um, we had a call as a follow, when we do our in-person trainings, when a company hires us, Stan knows this, but I'm telling you, the listener, um, when a company hires us to do our training, either at our office in Nashville or we fly out to them, there's post-event, post-workshop training we do afterwards because- People just sometimes will go to stuff and not do anything. So we have implementation training afterwards, which the leadership loves because they don't like hound people. We, we can hound them. And we went around with one of these recent trainings. We have another one on Friday, actually. And it was, tell me about a conversation you had when you were pitching a plan to someone. And it wasn't if you had. It's tell me about that conversation. Mm. And it exposed some people. Like, Well, I haven't actually. One guy had, had 12 of them. And one person's like, well, I haven't, I got one on Friday. Okay, well, that's good. Yep. But what he just said to everybody was, I haven't had one. And and was that uncomfortable for him? Yeah. But is he better off? Yes. And are we all better off for knowing that? And so yeah. it's your job as a leader to set the expectation, have clear. And if someone's underperforming, catch it early. Yep. Catch it early and have the difficult conversation. So what about, um, and, and I think this is this is one that, is is worrisome and why you have to you have to be really be thorough talk about how sometimes people with really winsome personalities mm. can find themselves getting a job but then not being able to really follow that up i mean how do you not i don't mean it's not super neat, like how do you not fall for that how do you not like man they're just great personality because mm-hmm. there's a lot of advisors in the biz who have a great personality but like maybe when they join a team yep. they're just going to coast for me, I, I now have to, with my personality, is make everything very results-focused from the beginning. So the conversation is, is you know, great to meet you. Oh, you've, you've done these things. Like, but, but as far as my experience is, like, you've, you've done nothing. Like, we haven't worked together both ways. Like, we're, we're basing it off of, you know, taking each other's word, maybe some references. But, like, as far as our partnership or relationship goes, like, we're starting from square one. Yeah. Moving forward, a lot of times with advisors or even team members at a certain level, they're compensation is, is results-based, meaning I'll pay you a salary based on like what I know you can do for the team based on your job description. And there's a there's an expectation you deliver that really well, that you show up on time, that you have a yeah. good attitude. Like that is what you can communicate clearly. But every time you hire somebody, you're taking a risk to some degree. But if you can say, hey, your comp structure or your quarterly reviews are based on these metrics, and this is how we're going to see results, it, it can help protect you from 
hiring too much based off of like connection and relationship because I've made that mistake and then not having a system in place to recognize it soon enough. Yeah. But those people, I mean, there's great advisors out there that just people like them. Yeah. And they keep those clients because they are nice enough and then clients don't know anybody else to work with. And I take a lot of clients from advisors that are like, he was a nice guy. I met him at church or somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, but he's not doing 10 things or she's not doing 10 things. Right. And so those clients are susceptible to a better process. And so I would say as you're hiring, ask great questions. I think a great hiring process will help with this one. Yeah. At times we give projects to people and we pay them to do the projects. Do this, this, and this, and then come back and do this. Like what's a way of us seeing a little bit of their work? Um, Calling references, like really trying to figure out because the consequence of hiring wrong is big. So we we saved ourselves from a bad hire because other members of our team got to interact with a potential hire mm-hmm. and some red flags came up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing is if you can get the potential hire around the team in some relaxed settings yeah. and just, you know, and just have different kinds of conversations with mm-hmm. them yep. that um, that you can hear things, find out things that they're another way of saying this it made more directly is that they're going to behave differently probably around the person that they know is making the hiring decision mm-hmm. than the other people. Yeah. Sometimes they should, they should, they should behave this, the same way around everyone. Yeah. But, but I do think that um, this is why people who have really solid teams, they don't hire quick. That's right. Right. You know, they, they, they take their time and they have a process, but I also think that there's other members of the team that have different perceptions and insights that mm-hmm. you as the advisor may not have. That you can go, hey, you know what? I, I the way they talked about this, or when they said that, oh, I didn't pick up on that. Right. Sure. So there's something about getting them around. Ultimately, it's your decision whether to hire or yeah. fire. But I think there is something to be said for getting them around other people to kind of go. Mm-hmm. Like I, I seen this happen where someone did not treat other members of the staff well, mm. and I was like, whoa, like why? Aren't you? And it was because they just looked down on them. Like, oh, you're going to work for me, mm. so I'm not going. to. It's like, well, that's not our culture. That's like. Right. Everybody gets treated with mad respect here. Yep. Like, no, it's not about there's, yes, there's a decision tree, but it doesn't mean we treat people with mm-hmm. any less or more kindness. Right. I think, I think you should always have a 30 day check in meeting with a new hire and a 90. And you set that up front. You know, is this what you expect it to be? Are you meeting expectations? Do you clearly understand what it looks like to succeed in your job? Yeah. So I think that really helps expose things faster. So let's talk about this as we wrap up. What if they're not or don't work out? You mentioned that. Um, what what are ways that you have, and, and maybe you can just go through some quick like quick quick hits here, quick fails, of, um, you know, when things aren't working out, that like your gut was like that's not good, and you ignored it. Yeah. Whenever I hesitated asking somebody for help, that's a big sign for me now. Oh, like wow. if there's something in me that knows they're gonna like make a noise or like seem overwhelmed or like emotional for some degree. Like I've had multiple people over the years where I was like, why am I not super excited and trusting that they're going to be, take that task and be like, I'm happy to help. Yeah. And, and that's happened two or three times. And, and one, I really put up with way too long. And the other two is much quicker. And usually there was other things besides just my gut feeling. Yeah. But if I'm have something I need help with and I know I shouldn't be doing and I go to pass it off and I hesitate at all, that's, that's a little flag in my mind. That's like, okay, w- what's causing that? And as you listen, there, there's a couple things that can happen. One is you don't have a good hiring process and good metrics, so you just hire the wrong person. Yeah. There's also the situation where you do not lead well. Yeah. 
that there's yeah. a chance somebody yeah. does not do well in their role in your company because of you. And and I've had to, you know, my natural tendency in the office setting is pretty intense, direct. You know, when I send emails or, or, or hand off tasks to team members, there's not a lot of conversation around it yep. or like, how was your weekend? Because for a long time, I was like, no, Sten has to work really hard to keep this thing even open. Yeah. That's my main goal. Over time, luckily, as the team has grown, I have more capacity to where it's like, hey, culture is important. How can I hang out with team members? Like, I enjoy that side of it. But you need to, as a leader, also say, like, am I ready to onboard this person well with a great job description? Because there's also a risk you hire a great person that becomes not a great person just because of your process. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They can be frustrated and say, hey, I came here to do this and you're micromanaging me or the other team members aren't doing this or that. One other tip that I think that, and this is, again, this is nuanced, but I think when you're talking about hiring or pitfalls of hiring is I think some people can sort of, they can interview well to some degree. They can sort of say the right things, especially can be difficult if that's not your area of expertise. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, well, that sounds smart and important and good and, you know. But I think there's a challenge of what do you do when people have, like when there's when there's parts of their life they really struggle in or they're not disciplined in, mm-hmm. that like you have to understand that that, that bleeds over yeah. to other parts of their life and their work. So you just have to be aware of that. And, yeah, I think there's... And those are nuanced things. Yeah, it's, it's tough. You, there's certain things you can't ask when you're yeah, hiring somebody. Absolutely. Um, that's the nuance of this. That's where that's it's right. like you have to kind of get ninja at like understanding. Because yeah, you can't can't go what'd you eat yesterday you know what i mean like yeah, you know right. what I mean? yeah um yeah are you uh outdoorsy are you do you do hard things do you cold plunge you know these are all yeah. things that would tell you something about a person but somehow in the interview process what are your hobbies what do you like to spend your time doing you have to decide what kind of person you know the disc assessment like there's enough things that if you can sit in the hiring process long enough and not yeah. try to rush through it the probability of success goes up a lot yeah i love that but no matter what you do to get the right person in, the next task is like, okay, how are you going to lead them well, onboard them well? And what I love is that now I have a practice manager. Jamie can help onboard them. And I get to come in and, like, encourage them, yeah. meet them. But, like, I don't have to do the day-to-day KPIs because that's yeah. just something I don't enjoy. But I had to at one point until I realized, like, that's not something that fills me up. Yeah, I want to be an encourager and a cheerleader to them. But Jamie can go in there and kind of coach them through the week to make sure that we maximize their role. Uh, but, yeah, so hiring, I think – we know it's necessary. Every lead advisor, all the advisors that any of us would look to and say, man, I want to be like that someday. All of them have a team and none of them say, I wish I didn't have anybody. Right. They love their team. They've learned the hard way of hiring. They've learned the hard way of developing. Like it is, it is absolutely necessary to run a business and be a business owner. You're not alone because then you're just your employee with a boss that's hard to work for. Right. That works nights and weekends. And, and, and every advisor we talk to that's in that world says, I want to stop this. And most of them do not end up running the full race because they just can't handle it. Yeah. And so a, a big part, you may be saying, Andy Sten, I, I know I need to hire, but all the things you talked about today are the things that freak me out. Comp plan, how do you do that? Well, what's, we, t- we talk through that with our advisors. I've gone through a bunch of iterations of comp plans. It's like pay people really well, but also give them some incentive to some degree because incentives do drive behavior. Yeah. Helps them focus on certain things. Yeah. So for all that, and that's a, that's a lot more to cover in today's than we can in today's episode, but my hope is you can sit in the discomfort of I've hired and it didn't go well and I'm scared of that now or I'm excited about hiring. I want to. I just don't know what to do next. And we have resources to help you with all of that. But what we do know is like as a business owner, you need to get better at finding the right people and onboarding them really well. And this is the difference between running a business and like creating a, a really bad job for yourself, really doing this well. Yep. And I just want to encourage you, great people are out there. If you're listening or watching 
you probably can be a great boss, even if that scares you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to hire them all on the same day. Yep. And I hope that you'll take some of these lessons that we shared along with the resources we have available for free. Uh, there'll be a link at the bottom uh, of today's show notes where you can get some of these job descriptions that we talked about in the last episode as well. But learn, learn from the mistakes of others and just believe that you can have uh, a great team around you. Yeah. Really practical challenge to leave you guys with is, is build out kind of a future org chart for yourself. Yeah. So, you know, probably right now you might write your name and all the things are under you. Then add one more person. What can you give to them? Add one more. And it's a really cool visual exercise to go through and be like, well, wait, someday I can only be doing these four things. Okay. Well, now, that, now I'm a little more motivated to start working on this. But, but dream a little bit. Like, what do you want your business to look like someday? It doesn't have to be 20 people. But my, my guess is, is you will end up at four to five people. And you can run a multi-million dollar financial advisory practice, have a bunch of time off for you, your family, travel, whatever you want with a team of that size. 